Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine, it's just fine, but you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. Today's guest is Nicole BZ. Before I introduce her, you might know I used to teach networking strategies and have always talked about the importance of maintaining relationships, both personal and professional. The reason Nicole is on the show today is because of a connection I made at a conference eight years ago with the business coach, Carolyn Herfirth. Carolyn and I have stayed only loosely connected, but once in a while, we'll show up in each other's inbox and say, hey, let me introduce you to this person. And that's how I met Nicole. My point is, stay in touch with people because good things happen when you do. Nicole is a strategic business coach with 25 plus years of leadership, management, and entrepreneurial experience. She has started, advised, or led more than 38 organizations and invested more than 1,000 hours into coaching executive-level business owners. She keeps the embers burning with live music, being outside as much as possible, writing, and reading. In this episode, we cover a lot of ground, and you get to hear about the absolutely fascinating and meandering career path Nicole's walked. We talk about being in control of your own experience creating your own reality. And the fastest way to change anything is to change your perspective, taking inspired action to put one foot in front of the other and keep going, to use your values as a compass to know which direction to go, and her definition of failure as the only way you fail is if you quit. Quick reminder, for community and camaraderie, come join us in the Fine is a Four-Letter Word Facebook group. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. When you're asking yourself, what's next for me? Who am I now in this season of life? And where do I even start figuring out my purpose? The fuck being fine experience is here for you. Reserve your space in the next group, which starts in just a couple weeks. Let me take you from doing just fine and lead you to a place of unprecedented passion, clarity, and peace. I'd love to chat with you about the steps to finding the courage to do what you know you need to do. Go to zenrabbit.com to learn more or to schedule a complimentary call. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Nicole BZ. And Nicole and I were introduced by the magnificent Carolyn Herforth. So I just want to give a shout out to her and say welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm truly honored to be here because fuck fine. (laughs) That's right. That's what we say around here. Yeah. So yeah, I have a lot of notes from our original conversation and I am super eager about getting into 
hearing your story, sharing your story with, with all the listeners. And let's start out with what were the beliefs and values that were instilled in you as you were growing up that perhaps contributed to some of the decisions and paths that you took as you grew up? Fantastic question. Um, I have um, first generation. And so I was very much taught to work and work hard. Uh, I was also taught that, you know, they can take everything, but they can't take what's up in here. And I'm pointing at my brain hole for everybody Mm -hmm. who can't see. (laughs) So, you know, essentially what you learn, what you know, and what you do is who you are. And I have carried that with me. Um, I went through, I have actually a survivor. I had uh, cancer when I was younger. So that just compounded that work ethic, that take life. You know, you are in control of your own experience. You create your own reality. And the fastest way to change anything is to change your perspective. And then you just put one foot in front of the other and you keep going. The only way you fail is if you quit. Were you taught that failure, that that's what failure meant was the only way to fail is to quit? Or was there a a different No, there was lots of definitions. (laughs) 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 So uh, my parents have a fairly... narrow view of what success is. And I think for most of us, you know, it looks like a mortgage and two kids, half a dog and a career that you spend 40 years in um, with a 401k plan that will carry you after those. That was the definition of success. So I have very much carved out a, a very different definition for myself and a path that I walk. Yeah. So then what Oh, so many questions. Okay. So tell, cause I know a little bit about your path. So share mm-hmm. a little bit about where you went first on your career path. And then I'm also curious to know how that went over in your family, given what you just said. Thank you. Uh, so I'll try and keep it brief. Cause it's been, it's been a long and winding road. <laughs> Uh, so I started working really young. I got my first job at 14. Um, I worked full time while I was in college and I mean, I didn't even go to graduation. I went to work that, you know, and and I keep going back to this fine idea because that's where you and I connected, you know, everything was fine. I was, I had a, a leadership position in an amazing organization. I was, you know, earning $50,000 a year before I even graduated from college. It, I was on the, the, quote unquote, right path. Mm -hmm. But it just wasn't doing it for me. And so I took a giant leap of faith. I because I had worked so much, I never got like that year abroad experience and traveling is something really close to me. So again, long story short, I ended up in Australia, following my heart, following my passion, which was music. Uh, As much as I love the creative arts, my strength has always been in business. So despite the positions that I put myself in, uh, I always ended up managing the space. And so I just kind of went with that and started my first business at 23, started several more to my family's disdain. And the good news is, is I, in my perseverance, I've demonstrated to them that I'm okay and they don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about me. But does that mean they're on board or they understand? No. And that's the thing. That's okay. I mean, one of the things that happens when you're a trailblazer, when you create your own definition of success, when you say, fuck you, fine, uh, you are confident in who you are and how you're showing up and what you're doing. And it's okay if other people don't get that. And mm-hmm. so I think I answered your question. Yeah. But uh, just to kind of wrap it up and where I'm at now. So ironically, uh, my mom got sick. And so I left Australia and moved back to the States burned it all down, you know, had to start completely over, uh, ended up 
in business again um, and working in music, which I never thought was going to happen. But when you take those crazy leaps of faith, amazing things tend to happen. So I now have a, a business where I have the flexibility. I'm able to go back and forth and support my mom. I actually just got back yesterday and I'm able to work from anywhere and I'm still trailblazing and still confusing the hell out of my parents. So <laughs> <laughs> some things never change. <laughs> Are, do you have siblings? I do. I have two younger brothers. Did they follow a more traditional path? I'm just curious. My youngest, absolutely. Um, my bro- my the middle child, um, he's he gets a lot of support from my parents for a variety of different reasons. So we're all doing completely different things. But okay, yeah. The my youngest brother is carrying the torch. So hopefully he has some grandbabies for my parents soon. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But you're the oldest, so that also I makes am. Sense. Yeah, and so am I. It makes us the, like, we have to clear the trail for the ones behind us. Oh, yeah. He, just, he's he's good about it, admitting that I, I made things a hell of a lot easier for him. <laughs> but um, I, may, I may have broken a few souls in that process. Again, that's more about them than you. So, yeah, yeah, true, true. Right, right. Um, yeah, so when, so we had talked, so you spent 18 years in the music industry. I did. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think I started around 19 and I officially retired at 38. So, yeah, it was a wild ride. What was it that made you decide to, to leave that industry? Because really it sounds, I mean, like, people, you know, again, people look at it from the outside and they're like, oh my God, that sounds so romantic. Not romantic. What, like, um, just like, it just sounds cool. Oh, it cool. was amazing. And the, the, my last stint, my last couple of years were, were dreams that I didn't know were possible. I was working with one of my best friends, with a, an artist who gets to do all of the things that you dream about artists getting to do, you know, headlining the, all of the festivals that you've heard of, um, making, you know, six figure checks and, and a gig and traveling around the world and a list. And it was, it was a dream. It was a dream. I had always said since I got started uh, that I was not planning on being a lifer, which is how they refer to it. And at least in the music industry, I would assume it happens in other industries as well. And uh, I mean, even 20 years is a pretty good run. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at 20, I was like, not past 25. And at 25, I was like, not past 30 and so on and so forth. And I don't know if I kind of set myself up for a Phoenix rising from the ashes moment with those limitations. But my intention had never been to spend the rest of my life um, in, in artist management. And it was just, it was one of those things that happened where I would see a problem and I'd solve it. And then I built a business around it and then mm-hmm. I'd see a problem and solve it and then built a business around it. And so I started making little mistakes, just annoying, a typo here, a, a incorrect date on a Facebook post there. And I mean, it feels trivial, but when a million people are looking at that Facebook post mm-hmm. as the announce for the next date, it's, it is a big deal. And the more I tried to overcorrect, um, the, the more frequent these mistakes were were. And it was one of those, you know, my friend and I were like, what's, what's going on here? And she thankfully, and don't get me wrong, this was probably one of the hardest conversations I've ever had. But she said, you know, I don't think you want this anymore. I don't think 
this isn't what where we started. This wasn't, you know, where you're setting up the the gig and you're touring and you're managing, like you're tour managing and you're with the band and you know, you're lumping it and you're the one collecting the money at the end of the night. This is like, you know, you have a driver that picks you up and drops you off 30 minutes before the show and everybody like walks out on the stage and then like afterwards you can figure out if you're you know, so mm-hmm. it was just a very different thing than what I had originally signed up for. And for most people, like that's where that's where they wanted to be. But for me, based on my behavior and how I was showing up in my day to day, it was very clear. It's not where I wanted to be. And so to hear that reflected back at me again, lots of tears, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she, she was incredible. Um, and we were able to have like a very amicable and a separation that, you know, took a couple of months to figure out. And it gave me the opportunity to really f- figure out where to from here. So yeah, and it's, it's, it's been my key indicator of burnout, because my inclination is to work too much and over schedule. I love what I do. I'm so lucky that I, I get to do what I'm passionate about. But it's still work. And so right. when I start to double book my calendar, when I start to uh, forget things that I think needed to get done that, you know, fall under a certain threshold, I, I realized that I'm probably overdoing it, I need to take a step back, um, or I just really need to check and make sure that this still feels good. This is still where I want to be and make changes accordingly. Yeah. So checking in with yourself. I So what was it that you, what were some of the, the tools maybe that you used or the things that you did to help you in that transition period, figure out, okay, I don't want to do this anymore, but what is it that I do want to do? This is not a shameless plug. This is real talk. I hired a coach. (laughs) So one of the things that I did do was a yoga, a yoga teacher training. Yoga had always been like my mental health once, you know, I, I, did the therapy and um, medication. And as I kind of uh, was able to create healthier habits in my day-to-day life, uh, I was able to step away from some of those other modalities of healing. Mm -hmm. And yoga has been and will always be a huge part of that for me. At my yoga studio, we were doing sort of like a, um, you know, make, make your year awesome or some type of workshop. And I met another coach and I wasn't a coach yet. Um, she she ended, she talked about her life and her lifestyle, and I said that that sounds familiar. I don't know I don't know who I am if I'm not a band manager, mm-hmm. but I do know like I need a computer and I need flexibility, and especially with traveling to be with my mom as well. Um, I have to create a life that that looks that at least ticks those boxes. She just so happened to be a career coach, and I thought, okay, I'm making a major career transition. I'm going to get some help with this. That was, uh, I mean, I still work with this woman. I am now a coach. I ended up studying at the same place where she studied. And that taught me not only, I mean, it didn't just give me the space to figure out what next, but it taught, taught me how to, how to iterate on that repeatedly and how to check myself when I am getting into those spaces of burnout or where I am letting fear make decisions for me and what fine feels like. Cause fine can be a, a useful barometer, especially for someone like me who is who moves very, very quickly and takes really, really big risks. Like, is this fine? Is is a healthy question sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh fine as as a be all and end all or a place where I can stay, it, it doesn't work for me. Um so I've I've just got so many more tools in my belt now as a result of of asking for that help, getting that support, and then applying that support as I've moved forward and created more expansion and growth. Yeah, but really, yoga was kind of the catalyst for you that even well, t- I mean, introduced you to this coach. 
Yeah, I signed up because I I'd been I'd literally been traveling and on the road for like over ten years. So I signed up for the teacher training so that I couldn't leave. <laughs> like I had like <laughs> you was, had an excuse. Six month program. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a six month program, and it was every weekend, and you couldn't you couldn't miss one. Yeah. So uh, that that's actually. Why, why? And I'm one of those people that, you know, I was in a yoga class, I think, um, just contemplating like the mistakes I had been making and my own happiness. And like, I was existing in this space of fine, but aware that I was just existing. Mm-hmm. And then they announced a yoga teacher training. And then I looked into it. And then I had this conversation with my partner. And I was like, okay, well, this will this will anchor me, this will give me the space, I now have a six month runway here until I take off again. And so yeah, it was a combination of things. It sounds like you took inspired action though. 100%. That's that's one of the key (laughs) things is not just doing something to do something, but you listened and followed, kind of followed the the breadcrumbs, if you will, that to an inspired action that led you to the next thing. Yeah. And oftentimes the next thing didn't like there was a breadcrumb. So Mm -hmm. I definitely got distracted in yoga teacher training and was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a yoga teacher. (laughs) And I, I, I stepped that out. And then I thought I, I realized fairly quickly, I don't love this. And then it's like, well, is it just because you're not good at it? Or is it just because this is something new? And it's like, no, I mean, really, I did this to deepen my practice and to Mm -hmm. then enable myself to be able to practice anywhere, anytime. I didn't need a class or a studio. That's freedom for me. Um, but I definitely, it it is like, I I started walking down a path and I was like, Oh no, this isn't, this wasn't, this wasn't, uh, the, this wasn't where I thought this inspired action would lead me and it, or it doesn't feel the way that I thought it would feel. So I'm going to take a few steps back and then step out something else. And that's how I ended up back in Colorado, which is another long story, but that I, I was here and I had a moment on the side of a mountain and I thought this is where I want to be. And I don't have a plan <laughs> and I don't have anything other than this feeling and this inspiration of this mm-hmm. is, this is what my next step is. And then that led to, you know, a whole bunch of different opportunities that I stepped out and then realized, you know, so it was, it was a lot of trial. I don't want to say trial and error, but trying things really stepping into, is this where I want to be? How, how good does this feel? Is this fine? Or is this fabulous. How Um, good does this feel? That is such a great uh, way to look at it and a question to ask yourself as you're doing it. And the other thing you mentioned, and it's something that we've talked about in previous episodes and it keeps coming up, is you don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take one step. Follow that one breadcrumb. If that's all you can see, then do that thing. And then the next thing will be opened up to you as you go, mm-hmm. but you're not going to see the next thing until you take that first step, follow that first breadcrumb. Yep. And well, because if you're trying to do something completely new that you've never done before, and for a lot of the people that I work with, no one's ever done before, mm-hmm. there isn't a map. There isn't a trail of breadcrumbs. There isn't a blueprint. There's one step forward. And then right. from there, you get to see the next step, but you're not going to know the how and the when. And it's, it's your brain's going to tell you no, but your heart's going to be like, yes. (laughs) So the more more you can just tune into that compass and that guide of, no, this feels good. Take another step. Right. This feels good. And as you also mentioned, if it's not leading you where you thought it was going to go, or it doesn't feel good as you continue, you can make a different decision. Mm -hmm. Nothing is permanent here. 
Nope. Well, yeah. in 2020 hindsight, when you look back, you've made it all work. That's right. why you're standing here right now, ready to take another step. So chances are you're going to make this work too. Right. And yeah, you're either going to win or learn. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Going back to when we were talking at the beginning about what's the definition of failure. That's yeah. Yeah. That's just weird. standing still going, giving up, <laughs> giving up. Yes. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't used that one as the definition, but I agree. Giving up. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we talked about in the, um, the previous conversation was the need to define for yourself what, uh, using your values as a filter. Mm, yeah. When we talked before this interview, we were talking a little bit about defining, um, defining for yourself what your values are and then using those as a filter to help you make decisions on how to go forward. Since we're talking right. about making decisions, how have you used that or how do you advise people to use, to tap into that as a tool? I love it. Uh, so in that, like, you don't know how, you don't know when, you just got to take one step forward. When you use your values as a filter, your that step is going to be a positive, expansive step. So for me, it's fun, excellence, adventure, and authenticity. Those now, are your values. Those, those are my values. And so if I can tick those four boxes off, I'm, I'm saying yes. There have been a lot of things that if I hadn't put it through that filter, I use the example of working with my accountants. <laughs> because okay. It is a tenuous relationship. Mainly, uh, I have I have um, four different businesses, and so just me getting my books. It took us a couple of years just for the bookkeeping and their systems and my systems to align. And then you know, there's deadlines, there's expectations, and when I was having kind of a temper tantrum because I think that, and this was before everything that's been going on. Um, you know, we were we were pushing May, and my taxes hadn't been filed, and I thought, you know, I'm going to fire these guys. And I went through my value filter because it 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 you know, everybody knows like getting a new, firstly, you wanted, I like loyalty. I like relationships. And I thought, okay, this is it. This is feels like a knee jerk reaction because I'm pissed off right now. I don't like making decisions when I have a lot of energy around them. So let's use your values as a filter here. And is it fun? No, but like, is working with your accountants fun? Uh, I don't know. Is it adventurous? Yeah. I mean, they're teaching me a hell of a lot. Um, they, they have such a, a large, base of clients that they have a very strenuous system that they put you through. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm learning something new every day. That's my definition of an adventure. Is it authentic? I'm expressing my needs. They're expressing their needs there. I, I have a lot of trust with them. And is it excellent? I mean, they guarantee what they do and they'll back up you if you ever get audited. And I was like, okay, I'm going to step this out a little bit further. I'm going to give this three more months and just see where we land. And I, I advocated for myself. I, um, I worked with one of their bookkeepers so that to ensure that my bookkeeping was done in alignment with how their systems worked. I got to learn more. And then I ended up getting a massive, massive return because it turns out they'd been going through the last five years of my taxes, not just this, this tax year, because mm. we'd created some new bu uh, business structures. And it was like, okay, great. You know, had I reacted in the moment of frustration and doubt, I would have, I would have started down one path, but I used my values. They kept me in check. And then I ended up getting a really fun reward. So all all was good. And it for when you don't know the how and the when, you're you're looking for evidence, you're looking for proof. But when you're creating something totally new, all you can do is look at the success you've got behind you and then trust you're gonna step it out. And values are just, I think, a fantastic parameter within which to go, yes, this feels right. Or you know what? Like this isn't an alignment. 
and it doesn't tick off three or, or four of the my values. So it's it's a no for right now. And we'll mm-hmm. see. Maybe things will change. Right. How did you arrive at those values? Like, how, was there a, a exercise that you did that helped you understand what your values are? I love that question. So uh, there are, I think, like every leadership psychology MBA um, program has an exercise akin to a values assessment. Mm-hmm. Brene Brown and her Dare to Lead. Um, I've not actually read that book, but uh, she has a PDF online that I will direct people to that has a whole list of values. Uh, so it's it's a very, very common exercise. It's interesting. I find that a lot of people think about it from their personal lives or um, they, they don't. I believe that your values evolve. I mean, the easiest example, as soon as you have children or potentially get married um, mm-hmm. or go through like a near-death experience, like everything in your life kinds of, kind of changes. Right. And so I believe that values evolve. Some, you know, if you've read Ray Dalio's principles, he would argue that there are overarching things that you're born with and never change. I'm sure, maybe for some people. Um, so when I start to feel a little bit panicky and weird, I call them my mid-year crises <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because like every six months, I'm like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? I'll do, I'll just go back through a values assessment and it's basically just going, okay, what's the most important thing? If it's useful, there's a ton of lists online that you can just like go like list of values or values assessment and you'll circle 15 to 20. And then you'll start to look at it. Like, how did I arrive at authentic? Well, truth, commitment, loyalty, um, work ethic, a lot of these things that are really important to me roll up into that term. And what I realized, the reason authentic is the word that resonated is this idea that what I know to be true in this moment is. And empowers, empowering myself to be able to change my mind and voice that uh, new reality whenever I need to, that's really what authentic embodies for me. And it might mean something different to somebody else. The challenge is if we have 15 to 20 values, like that's just a lot of boxes to be continually yes. like thinking about. So um, it, I, I am refining it. Those, those four have really carried me probably for the last four or five years. Adventure was one and excellent. You know, those were kind of words that I've, I've played around with, but adventure for me rolls up spontaneity, challenge, yeah. learning, development, growth. Um, you know, so again, there's a lot that can kind of be included in, uh, in some of these terms and, and, you know, have, have fun with it, play with it. Um, and it's, I, I find it really useful in business specifically because your values are how your long-term loyal customers, buyers, clients are going to connect with you and why they're going to keep coming back. Right. Um, so. Right. Why? Because there are plenty of people who can offer what you offer potentially. Mm-hmm. Why would Absolutely. they choose you? And it always comes back to, because of you, they connect with you. And they're connecting with you on that level. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully on several levels, but it starts with the values. I like what you said about reevaluating the values because they evolve, they change. They do. And this is one of the things, yeah, when I'm working with my clients in the fuck being fine experience is we start with values and getting clarity on where what it is that you really truly want. And yeah. one of the foundational things to figuring that out is to understand what you value. Yep. Well, and oftentimes I find that when we're experiencing friction and struggle in our day, there's a a misalignment with our values. So we Mm. feel like 
we're having to sacrifice one of these things that's incredibly important to us. And what I find really interesting about the challenge of business and, and um, professional values is in our personal lives, we can just be like, nope, get out of my way. Like these are, mm-hmm. this is what's most important to me, like take it or leave it. But in business, we're often working with people that we need to address the fact that we're having some friction here and negotiate it. And so if family is super important to you and excellence is really important to me and we've got a client who's just called at 5 p.m. on a Friday, I might get really upset about the fact that you want to go home and you might get really upset about the fact mm-hmm. that my expectation is, is that you would stay. And there's an interesting opportunity there for both of us to honor what's important and then figure out how we're going to move forward with this without anyone ever having to sacrifice or then build resentment or, you know, all of the other things that kind of come along when we uh, feel like we're martyring ourselves. Yes. To look at it as a growth opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just having this conversation this afternoon with a friend about working with difficult clients. And my stance was, well, when you're an entrepreneur and you're running your own business, you can tell them to go away and yeah. not have to work with them. And her and her vision of it is, well, I see it as an opportunity to grow and that they're challenging me in some way that gives me an opportunity to grow. So two different, I guess it depends how, how, how much they're pushing you, <laughs> whether, you whether it's worth well, the growth you, opportunity I mean, really or you just on- don't want to. You know, the, a challenging client can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. It can mean someone who's like very much in a in a um, a doubt space, and they don't they don't know if they can do it. And so that is an opportunity for growth. But if you sure. have someone who's just making a ton of excuses right. and not taking accountability, and and then blaming you for it, that's you know, right. then like two very different values there are being um, honored. So it, yeah, and that's what our conversation was around. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you're bringing it up now. Yeah. Isn't it funny how that always happens? <laughs> it's, yeah. Clearly, the universe is sending us a message for, mm-hmm. uh, around that particular topic. Not just me, because here we are sharing it with everybody now. So exactly, everyone benefits. Well, and this is normal. Like the, it is, it is normal to feel frazzled and challenged and um, intimidated by what's happening. And that's where, again, I find like this: the values are an anchor. And in all of the uncertainty that we're experiencing, you can go back to them and go, okay, well, am I ticking these off? Am I safe? Am I secure? Great. Um, And if not, it's like, well, are these still important to me? Yeah, they are. Okay, well, then something in my experience needs to shift. It's not me. I'm not doing anything wrong here. Mm -hmm. But like if I, you know, my boss is continually asking me to stay or, you know, my client is continually asking me to work late and family is my number one, then this isn't going to work. That needs to shift. And I can address that simply by saying, look, these are these are my values and these are kind of a non-negotiable right now. So how can we either shift what's happening externally or just agree that this isn't a good fit any longer. Right. That is a fantastic place to leave this conversation. However, before we go, I need to ask you, what is the song that you listen to when you need an extra boost of energy? You seem pretty energetic as as a person overall anyway, but when you need (laughs) extra energy, you need that boost of enthusiasm. What's the song that you can't sit still to? Well, so like as someone who worked in music, picking one song is always a challenge. But the the song that's really stuck with me 
um, is Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. Firstly, oh. like 70s disco, anytime I need to, like a quick pick me up, that is a, a go to. Sure. That song, for a lot of different reasons, has been um, a part of my experience for since my childhood. And it's kind of an inside joke with some of my like inner people as well. So it's a pretty special tune. Um, but yeah, for a lot of different reasons, like that one just gets me going. <laughs> that is such a good one. And but and you you said the Gloria Gaynor version because the other yeah. it's been redone a few it times has. but that's the it that's has. the original because it's yeah. so good <laughs> it's, it is it is so good Nicole where can people get in touch with you if they want to continue this conversation Well my favorite form of communication is text and so people can text me seven two zero seven zero four four eight six five I love solving business conundrums so hit me up with a problem you're experiencing in your business I'm on all the socials. My handle is the BZ channel and uh, my website is NicoleBZ.com. Okay. I will put yeah. links to all of that Great. Thank in you the so show much. notes. Thank you so much for joining me today on Fine oh, is a Four-Letter Word. absolute pleasure. And thank you for creating this resource for your listeners. And um, thank you listeners for listening. This is just so powerful. And I just appreciate everything you're doing for the community. Here we are at the key takeaways from today's episode with Nicole BZ. Number one, you have to give yourself the space to figure out what's working and what's not working for you. And to recognize when you keep ending up in the same place over and over again, to dig into why that's happening. Perhaps asking yourself why you're letting fear make decisions for you. For Nicole, it was the yoga teacher training that grounded her and allowed her the space to figure out her own happiness. Number two, as you're taking inspired action, Check in with yourself and ask, how good does this feel? It's okay to try out a lot of different things, different directions to see how they feel. And it's okay if what you thought was inspired action turns out to not be the right path. Life is about trial and error. Stepping out and seeing, is this where I want to be? Is this fine? Or is this fabulous? Number three, notice your daily behavior. How you show up day to day is a clear indicator of whether you want to be where you are or not. Are you giving it your all and doing well? Or are you punching the clock and making mindless mistakes? If it's the latter, you may need to have a difficult conversation with your business partner, your spouse, your boss, whomever, so you can make the necessary changes. Number four, once again, we touch on the definition of failure. Nicole said, you're either going to win or learn. Her definition of failure is standing still and giving up. And number five, we talked about using your values as a filter for decisions, as your anchor. And as you're creating and taking new steps forward, examining whether what you're doing is in alignment with your values. If you're not clear on what your values are, you can do a search and find plenty of assessment tools online. One that Nicole mentioned was Brene Brown's Dare to Lead PDF. I can put a link to that in the show notes. You can start with circling all the ones that resonate with you and then narrow it down to your top three or four or five values. Figure out which ones you can roll up under just one because more than three to five makes it virtually impossible to evaluate against. You can find Nicole on all the socials at the BZ channel or through her website 
at NicoleBZ.com. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. Or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it. You'll find it because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that. <laughs>